0: Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 197. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at TechTarget, and I am here with security news writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Thanks, Rob. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing okay. It's uh, just ramping up to the holidays, which means things are getting quiet, but it's as things get quiet that you're wondering, hey, is someone going to get phoned? Yes. Uh, just before the new year and make us all busy and then we yes. obviously hope that's not the case
0: <laughs> yes we're hoping that it's not a repeat of solar winds or log 4 shell or whatever <laughs> catastrophes of of holiday seasons past uh, mm-hmm. we've seen uh, fingers crossed thinking of all the um, enterprise security teams socks infosec professionals out there hopefully you guys have a quiet holiday season uh, and we should note we are recording this on the 20th, Tuesday, and we are going to be discussing, I think something that, you know, and I'm not just saying this because you just wrote a feature on this topic uh, that went live yesterday uh, at Tech Target Security, mm-hmm. uh, but something that I think is, it, it's intermittently gotten a lot of um, attention, but specific like for specific incidents or threats and i don't think there's been like a a lot of attention paid to this specific area overall probably as much as it sh- as it necessitates as as uh, it should be receiving attention cuz it's really important and i am talking about operational technology ot ICS, industrial control, security. um,
1: Or systems. And security, uh, I guess, depending what people say. Uh,
0: Industrial control, systems, security.
1: But industrial cybersecurity also is what it kind of looks like as well. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) And for the purposes of this discussion, we should say, we're probably just going to be referring to OT. Uh, ICS is, I guess, a, a lot of people consider it, A subset of operational technology and operational technologies defined loosely as the uh, systems, the industrial systems that make a lot of, um, well, manufacturing uh, uh, and other industries make make those systems go, uh, make those industries go.
1: it's it's particularly confusing too because a lot of the definitions, like because as we're writing, we we look up definitions because we want to make sure we get stuff right, and a lot of the definitions that are given for ICS industrial control systems and OT are uh, there's often significant overlap between the yes. two, um, yes. which and and it's gotten to the point where a lot of vendors use them as interchangeable terms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um which is why i think it's like somewhere between all squares are rectangles but not all rectangles are squares yes and uh and just a synonym but not exactly either but not exactly just one it's very confusing
0: yes so we're just going to refer to um, the technology OT. question to OT as it stands. <laughs> OT could be anything. It could be, you know, the giant um, industrial wind turbines for various wind farms, or it could be something as simple as you know your your run of the mill Siemens ICS uh, controllers that are used in energy grids. So it, it depends on what what um, specific technology you're talking about for you know in specific scenarios but for now for the purposes of the conversation like I said we'll just we'll just say ot and you wrote a story about sort of the state of ot security in 2022 mm-hmm. and where we're at because yeah. it, a lot of threats a lot of attacks mm-hmm. a lot of developments in that area but also thank God. A lot of vendors, a lot of new companies, startups that are about what are we talking 2012, 2013 you know around 10 years old that have really um, made a name for themselves in this space around OT and ICS and even IOT as well, in um, mm-hmm. trying to protect that uh, that technology, that side because it does not get the same attention as IT but let's start with with that part of the equation what did you find there in just in your story
1: right so i've been interested in ot security i'd say uh for uh, probably for the last year or two not just because of colonial pipeline but i think i got yes. really interested after the old breach mm-hmm. which was uh Oldsmar, florida Water treatment plant got breached uh, through some insider threat. Not much damage was done um, other than a lot of headaches. Uh, Thankfully, Um, there was some. uh, There may have been some like loose poisoning, but not really anything that ever reached consumer or not consumer. uh, Let's say citizen water supply.
0: Right. Never, uh, Never got to the water supply. Uh, you know the drinking water was safe i guess yes
1: (laughs) yes yeah and it just and and i think at first it got me thinking about like what about cyber pearl harbor right what about these potential cyber attacks that that could hurt people kill people whatever and then i sort of did some research on that and it's like ah it could happen but it's not really likely because there's all these fail safes and these um technologies and then uh usually people aren't looking to escalate to geopolitical conflict, war. They're just looking to make money or gain intelligence. Um 90% of the time. To ninety nine percent of the time, even if we're not counting like uh the recent stuff in the in Eastern Europe. Yep. Anyways, I've also been interested in it because it is both Highly critical, and that it is the security that to some extent regulates our hospitals, our water supply, our buildings, our oil, our gas, our electricity, um other sources of power, and then manufacturing industry and yet, until colonial pipeline there it wasn't necessarily covered that frequently, yes, I would say. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's improved, but even now I think I think there's still a lot of room for improvement on that part, which is which is part of the reason why I wrote this story is, you know, sort of wanted uh, to figure some stuff out for myself. But what I learned about OT security is that as a subcategory of cybersecurity as its own industry, it's only about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, not to say that there wasn't some sort of solutions earlier, but it was just known as industrial cybersecurity before that one, two people thought their systems were air gapped. So they're like, we don't need cybersecurity for this. This thing's not connected anyways. Although even back then, I'm sure plenty of uh, equipment was connected to the internet that people thought wasn't. Um, And it just wasn't a formalized category, but over the course of the last 10 years, there have been more vendors coming up um you know Armis, Drago's, uh Clarity and the Nozomi Networks were four of the ones I sort of listed they were all I think Nozomi was 2013 and the others were 2015 and 2016 um people starting to make dedicated uh solutions for um the industrial space for OT uh mm-hmm. and and IoT especially later on And the reason for this is one, uh, manufacturing equipment, anything that uses OT, which is in healthcare, all these other stuff, construction buildings, whatever, uh, the, this stuff is more connected to the internet than ever, um, to the point that like it's connected, it's often connected to windows. Um, there is often some sort of, uh, internet con connectivity just because for, for, for a million reasons. Right. Um, And in addition to that, as stuff has gotten more connected, there's been more cyber attacks. And as like all the vendor reports have hammered over the last few years, people are attacking more ransomware is getting crazy. People are hitting people where it hurts and ransomware is particularly damaging for OT because if you, uh, shut down the right, um, system, you can kind of hold a supply, uh, not a supply chain, but like a sort of manufacturing line hostage, mm-hmm. sure. which is a lot more dangerous than just sort of encrypting or even just stealing data. Like there's a, there are, a more real world consequences, let's say. And, um, so this, this sort of article, which is available now on uh, techtargetcom slash search security is all about sort of the changes that have happened, and the rapid growth of this industry, which is to say that uh, because it's so young, um, there are still tons of, let's say uh, organizations that use OT that are still, let's say underprepared for a cyber yeah. incident compared mm-hmm. to their pure IT environment counterparts. Um, and, but, and, and uh, because cybersecurity is, like I said, decades older anyways, uh, but there has been rapid growth over the last 10 years and there's also uh, there are some interesting changes which we can talk about later. The main one I focused on was that because OT is getting is gaining more connectivity, there is now significant overlap between IT, Uh, portions of an environment and OT portions of of an environment and a network to to the point where the way you secure IT and OT are starting to become exactly the same. Uh, And so like the various uh, security uh, wings of organizations are starting to talk and in some cases merge which is called the it ot convergence which is kind of the big thing that's happening in the space right
0: now yes i think we that's a good place to start because i think before getting into the threats maybe discussing that convergence and that overlap sure is it's really critical because as you point out in your article and as i've heard from other folks in this space, whether it's Dragos or Clarity or, or other uh, InfoSec professionals, a lot of this system, a lot of this stuff, a lot of these systems were were if they weren't air gapped, they were not connected, they they were not super connected to the to the entire organization's environment. You know, they were maybe connected to a server somewhere or a mainframe somewhere. Like, you know what I'm, it, it, yeah. it's, there was some connectivity, maybe they weren't totally air-gapped, but it wasn't something, like you would have to go to a specific location for a municipal energy provider to access, you know, specific systems. So technically they weren't air-gapped, but they were um, tied to, uh, you know, uh, IT systems in a specific location. And it's not something you could just like you know, hack into uh, by getting access to the, you know, the, the, the corporate network or whatever. Now, it, but that's changed. That's changed. And, it, and someone, I'm trying to remember who it was, but years ago kind of put this to me. They said the same way, you know, you think about your home, your friggin' doorbell, your refrigerator, your, all your appliances, everything is like connected to the internet connected to your phone connected to your personal it uh, your accounts your email your desktop etc cetera, etc cetera, especially your phone mm-hmm. and they said the same things going on in the industrial space things yep. that were not connected are now connected to and everything has its own identity and everything is just everything can talk to various devices uh, and it's created a lot of new access problems because a threat actor can get in there and do things. And maybe they don't know what they're doing. We can get into that later, but they can they can find it. Um, mm-hmm. And that seems like a huge problem. And like you said, now that brings in qu- like uh, questions for security teams. What do we do about this? And how do we address it? And they're doing a lot of the same things that, you would do with an IT, a traditional IT system for OT Um, which is interesting because it seems like there's no going back. Like it's like, we're not going to go back to the old days of things being uh, siloed and maybe not fully air gapped, but mostly air gapped. They're just building functionality and connectivity on top of everything. Over and over again, just expanding it more APIs, more connections. So, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but it doesn't seem like we're going back to the to the you know quote unquote good old days when stuff was not connected and and not sort of overlapping with the IT environment. Those no. days are over.
1: No, and in fact, it sort of makes me think two things now that you mention that. One, IoT probably isn't going to mean anything in a few years yeah. <laughs> because yeah. everything is everything is it, part it, of
0: it. it's Yeah. It's already sort of, it seems like it's kind of fading as a, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, two is that it raises a lot of challenges in this specific space as everything is connected, because as I sort of, uh, alluded to at the beginning of our sort of podcast, uh, OT covers a lot of different industries, Mm -hmm. which covers a lot of organizations which do not have enormous budgets. Um, So uh, you have municipal water supplies for small towns or uh, counties, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have oil and gas that may just be somewhere in the middle of of Texas, right? Right. Oklahoma, somewhere. Some place that, let's say, it's you're not you're not in Silicon Valley where there's a huge range of security talent at any given time. Just strictly a geographical problem and a budget problem because mm-hmm. a lot of these places haven't worried about uh, security up until this point. Healthcare: How many organizations are, are uh, count as healthcare that are either manufacturing this stuff uh, or are doing research that that requires some use of OT? Uh, manufacturing, which is also all over the world. Um, and so because there's this extremely wide range of technologies and a uh, security subcategory that's only now gaining awareness, you end up in situations where people don't have security staff, or it's just a couple IT guys who are uh, doing everything. Yeah. Um, stuff could be unpatched. I, I mean, stuff probably is unpatched in a lot of places. Um, and even if you do have people uh, who, let's say, are aware of the security issues, which, which is probably most cases, um, mm-hmm. at least to some extent, you may not have the budget, right? You may have to fight for... to get a security budget because it's like, hey, I haven't been attacked yet, or we haven't been attacked yet. Uh, why should we expand the budget. Our budget's fine. Right. Um, and I, uh, I, I I did an interview with, uh, Nozomi networks, CEO, uh, Edgar, uh, Captaville, um, forgive me if I, if I mispronounced, um, where he was sort of talking about, uh, this budget muscle problem that's at a lot of organizations up and down where, uh, A security team only has so much money every single year that they can uh, invest into uh, new staff, new solutions, um, new approaches, new uh, ways of safeguarding their networks. And sure, it might grow uh, to some extent every year, especially uh, IT security, but OT security is expanding too. And because there's this awareness issue across so many organizations, it may be tougher. It's, it seems to be tougher at the moment yeah. to fight for an OT security budget, mm. which means that there are plenty of, of, companies, organizations, whatever, who know that there are issues and may even know what they need to do to uh, let's say gain better visibility, uh, segment their network better, whatever, they might just not have the money to do it. So yep. it just so you, you kind of, so it's not just um, look at this small town company that doesn't know any better. It's it's a lot more complicated. They probably do know in a lot of cases, but it's also not something that has been an enormous problem until now, which yep. is why that awareness wasn't necessarily needed until the last couple of years. So it's, it's messy. It's messy for a few reasons.
0: Yeah. And I, I, in addition to the, the budget part, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is, I mean, it's hard enough to get sometimes to get, um, even in this day and age, which seems absurd, but it's hard enough to get funding for it security stuff that is really and truly imperative for an organization. Um, but then to say, oh, you know, to go to the board and say, oh, by the way, well, there's this other technology area that you probably have never even heard of, um, OT security and the IT security stuff that you just spent money on millions. It doesn't touch, it doesn't really protect OT and we need more expertise and specific things to protect the OT. I mean, you can just sort of envision what the face of uh, that executive team or, or, or Board member is probably doing at that point. Like, what are you talking about? This is this sounds ridiculous, um, but it's true. And one of the things I thought I thought was interesting, and I, I know your story brings this up a little bit, was you know some of the principles that that are are being applied to protecting OT by uh, various security vendors out there. The you know some of the startups that you mentioned, and and some of the security teams. At these organizations that are ahead of the curve uh, in terms of their you know quote unquote security journey, things like network segmentation and uh, zero trust—maybe not a zero, a full zero trust network—but you know zero trust principles being applied to uh, various OT systems—that was one thing that's popped up uh, you know time and again in in my conversations over the years talking about ICS and OT was just sort of limiting access applying some of those zero trust principles assigning identities to those systems so that you can track them and and make sure you know you're, you who's accessing them and what they're doing but the thing that really concerns me is the patching and a lot of these systems were not built for uh patches to, to receive major updates, firmware updates over the internet. And it can mm-hmm. be really difficult. And I know you've talked to some people, you know, o- over the however many months you've been working on this about, you know, how that's, it's starting to change. And I think some of the organizations out there probably know, yes, patching is critical, but you just see some of the reports from various um, security research teams out there about, you know, Hey, we have critical vulnerabilities in these ICS uh, uh, products, or we have critical vulnerabilities in these OT products, and they need to be addressed. And like, I don't know if some of these organizations, like like you said, a, a, a smaller oil and gas facility in you know a remote part of Texas or an agriculture uh, uh, organization, you know, maybe mid market somewhere, um, they might not know that they can even get updates for some of these, uh, uh, industrial systems that they're using. So that, mm-hmm. that's a huge concern, just like enormous, because if you don't patch these things, not only now is it easier to find these, uh, systems because they're so connected, but then, you know, figuring out a way to craft an exploit for a publicly disclosed vulnerability that you're pretty sure, you know, 50% or above, uh, of the install base hasn't patched yet. That's... That's not good. That is not good. Yeah, I
1: I agree, and I I uh, the hope is that um awareness is improving over time, not just because like as I mentioned in the article that uh CIS has been doing a lot of campaigns yep. um to raise awareness. Meter has a has a new sort of guide for um sort of attacks mm-hmm. exploits um involving. ICSOT, uh, but the threat actors themselves are, are perhaps raising the most effective yeah. awareness campaign yeah. because uh, you have Colonial Pipeline, you have Oldsmar, those are the ones that sort of everyone knows about, but I, I did look into a couple of the vendor reports to see what their sort of surveys were saying. Mm. Barracuda Networks said in July that uh, in the previous year, of organizations reported experiencing a security incident in the the previous 12 months. And this is focused on uh, organizations that use ICSOT. Um, And then among those organizations, over 60% said their uh, significant security incident resulted in downtime of two days or more trend micro said in june that nine out of ten organizations have had their production or energy supply impacted by cyber attacks in the last 12 months and there's a bunch more yeah it's very high uh a lot of a lot of a lot of companies have uh have been hit by probably ransomware in almost all of these cases but uh but a lot of cyber attacks and so I think people are learning. Maybe it's the hard way to some extent, but the hope is that over time, as this awareness sort of increases and as uh, more companies enter the market with sort of accessible options, that you have uh, people realizing, like, okay, or not realizing, but let's say people being able to take it to their boardrooms and the boardrooms realizing, hey. Uh, we need to set aside this time each yeah. month or each quarter for patching. I yeah. know it it stinks, but we have to do it. Or we need this, this, and this, because look at this ransomware attack we got hit with uh, last year. And look how much of, of an embarrassment the Colonial Pipeline attack was, even
0: though they did everything right. Right?
1: Yeah. Like, it's... I, yeah. And it seems and like it, that's starting to happen.
0: Yes. And we should note, so... In the case of Colonial Pipeline, they their IT systems were hit, and they shut down their their pipeline operations uh, yep. to to you know as a precaution to basically prevent. I mean, because listen, it's easy easy. I'm using air quotes. It's easy to replace a couple laptops, a couple you know, couple hundred. Or <laughs> servers or whatever, or if if you get hit with uh, ransomware or malware or you have to, re, re, you know, reboot the, all the devices and all the servers and sanitize them and, you know, scorched earth on on them and re-image and all that stuff. Um, but if some of this stuff gets into very expensive equipment, you know, it, it sort of varies. Like, I don't know how difficult it would be to... Um, reformat uh, and reinstall uh, the software on your average Siemens ICS. Uh, Mm -hmm. But for some of these, you know, huge turbines or some of these, you know, really, truly super expensive, enormous OT products that are used in very specific niche manufacturing uh, 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 factories, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, it could be very expensive to have to replace those if you can't um, replace the the software. But the the point is that I think last year, Dragos for their 2021 report had said that ransomware was the biggest threat to indu- the industrial sector. That's where most of the attacks were coming. But, you know, still a lot of those attacks, I, you know, they're just sort of hitting the, the IT environment not necessarily getting into the industrial, uh, part of the, of, of the organization, but usually it's not the entry into, you know, some of these victim organizations, the, the, the OT part, but if it gets hit, man, then you're talking about serious expenses and serious issues. Then you're talking about, we're not just shutting down the pipeline operations as a precaution, that's your, your pipeline operations are knocked offline involuntarily. There is no decision there. Um, if something like that were to happen. So, and that's, I mean, that, that is sort of worst case scenario. And I know that was something that was brought up in the, in, in your article where people discuss sort of, you know, Hey, you can have, um, just, you you know, your average ransomware attack disrupts some of these operations and it's bad, but there's also, you know, truly, truly worst case scenarios in, in, in some of these, um, scenarios, uh, or, or situations rather.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's, there's a certain question that comes up too, uh, which is okay. It's the it environment, which is the first thing that gets hit. But a lot of the time does it, Actually, matter that it's the IT system that gets yeah. it first. I I mean, I'm I'm sure it does to some extent. If if uh, if they got into the machines or not, I'm sure yeah. that there is some difference. But practically, it's going to result in time downtime either way. Even if right. it's even if it never term. touches the machine in the exactly. short term, but the, but even the short term super expensive, um, of course. Uh, and then it's it's just I don't know. I uh, I think I think it sort of speaks to, and a lot of your examples really illustrate why there's this whole IT OT convergence happening. Mm. Um, because uh, if a lot of the times it doesn't matter if the IT or OT get hit first, because yeah. it's going to result in expensive downtime. They should be talking to each other because they both need network visibility. They both need uh, to prioritize patching. Mm -hmm. And everyone needs to be fully aware in the worst case scenario that that the organization actually does get attacked. So it's... um, I think it sort of makes a lot of sense that folks are like, even if we don't necessarily combine all our it personnel or let's say our uh tech personnel who, who cover these two spaces under one uh formal roof folks need to start talking yeah so <laughs> i i don't know what do you think
0: i i agree and i the the talking part is important and that this i think this is a good segue into a a potential worst case scenario but but really i think a success story <laughs> mm-hmm. weirdly and that was uh in destroyer 2 the uh I, I think it was yes ics malware that was used to target the ukraine energy grid it, it just just this year uh it, ever since uh obviously russia's invasion of ukraine in late February, there have been a number of cyber attacks, a lot of them wiper attacks and DDoS, but there have been some sophisticated attacks on, more sophisticated attacks, I should say, on critical infrastructure. And one of them was this Indestroyer 2 malware attack. And Indestroyer 1 was ICS malware that was developed and used back in 2016 to bring down part of the um, uh, energy grid, cause a, a temporary blackout uh in uh in the country and it was used a new version of it was used again uh now it didn't work and they avoided a blackout and that was important i, I wrote a story about this uh based on a black hat session that eset did with um victor zora victor zora is the um he's sort of the cisa equivalent um uh, uh head of of ukraine's cisa i think is Official title here is, if I have it, yes, Deputy Chairman of Ukraine's State Service of Special Communications and Information Protection. Um, it's quite a title, but uh, mm-hmm. he and the ESET researchers, uh, researchers talked about how you know Indescriber Two was found in and some of these environments uh, for energy providers. I think it was one major energy provider for the country, and there were. Called in to analyze it, and they um, sort of through cooperation with a number of different public and private entities were able to take the steps necessary to, to um, stave off a blackout. Now, again, the the malware in this case did not execute properly, but it, it you know it it was only a matter of time before you know maybe they found out <laughs> that they were doing something wrong and they needed to address, the threat actors. I mean that they needed to do something and address it. But that could have triggered a massive blackout in that country during a a military occupation, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, an, an aggressive invasion of that country. It would have been devastating. And, um, you know, I think Zor talked about this publicly. I got a chance to talk to him at the, the event, but he said that, you know, that sort of communication, the cooperation, the talking between the different organizations, public, private, the different security teams, IT and then the ICS and OT experts that that really that that really prevented a disaster. And you know, that was part of the of the message I think of that session and um, other sessions that he's talked uh in over the course of the year is just about how, you know, this this should this should be done all the time. This should be a model for how we go about doing things in the world when mm. these type of conflicts come up, because I do think, and this is not to be Debbie Downer, but like your average ransomware vendor or v- vendor gang, <laughs> they, they basically okay. are vendors at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, the average gang out there is not, like sitting like they're maybe developing ransomware strains and rust or whatever, but they're not sitting down there being like, we're going to, we're going to craft a special ransomware version. That's going to go after like Siemens, or we're going to go after, you know, some major OT uh, provider that uses their own proprietary systems. And, you know, it's, it's not the same sort of windows based uh, systems that they're, normally used to attacking. I don't think they're doing that. At least there's, there's been no indication of that thus far, mm-hmm. but the nation state guys are are absolutely doing this. I mean, this goes back to the attack on the Saudi oil and gas facility. I'll, I'll never forget talking with uh, Dragos uh, CEO and, and founder Rob Lee about this. I think that this was 2018 I when I interviewed him at RSA. He said, there's no easy way to say this. The, the, the people that developed that malware, the Triton, Trisis malware, and that attack, they were trying to kill people. They were trying to cause an explosion. They were trying to like remove the safety caps and fail-safes and trigger like a, a, an explosion at this facility. Um, so that type of sabotage and that type of like vicious, kinetic, loss-of-life cyber attack, that's unfortunately on the table now. Like that's something that all these guys have to think about, the 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 vendors like Drago's, the manufacturers, whether it's Siemens or, or other OT guys out there or ICS guys, and and the organizations, whether they're oil and gas or agriculture, or whatever. I mean, especially the energy industry because they, I mean, you can do some pretty bad stuff there, whether it's an explosion or a blackout. But you you, you talked about water. Alex, you know, mm-hmm. poisoning water facilities. I mean, this is something that, that unfortunately, this is the world we're living in. They have to have this top of mind all the time. And I hope they're table and, 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 and game planning this stuff out because it's really something that needs to be taken seriously.
1: Yeah. But I, I, yes. And I think it seems folks are thankfully starting to uh, more than ever before. So it's, which is kind of the tone that this piece takes, which is like, yeah. Uh, OT is kind of a tough space to be in for a million reasons. Um, fewer organizations than you'd necessarily like are as prepared as maybe they need to be, but it's better than it was. And there is plenty of reason to think, that it, it will only get better with time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate it does. It, I felt more optimistic if that's possible for me and avowed pessimist, uh, like reading your piece and seeing the work that's been, that's being done and the effort that's been, that's been put in to this space and continues to be put into this space. So, you know, fingers crossed, um, I think it's, I think it's appropriate that we're ending the, the, the year on a, on a positive note, uh, a hopeful note, right? Yeah. Going into the holidays.
1: It is, it is funny you say that because I've been, I've been sort of, uh, sort of whittling away at this for the last six months. um, Just as like stuff sort of popped up and it is funny, like thinking about, the way the article actually turned out. And I'm actually glad it took just about this long because a Honeywell event I went to last month really provided a lot of necessary context to get this where, where, where it got. Um, It's an optimistic story. Like it really is. Um, It's, there are a lot of, there's a lot of room to grow and there are plenty of organizations who don't have the security hardened, the security postures they should, yep. but it's getting better and people yep. are taking it seriously. And it's unfortunate that it often takes cyber attacks to raise that awareness, but I'm that, that's how all security gets developed, probably yeah. cyber or not right
0: yeah, yeah right so, uh,
1: cool. uh but optimistic overall
0: well that's uh, that's good that's good and i'm i appreciate the work that you did on the story and i appreciate uh providing a little optimism like i said going into the holiday season especially for someone like me uh, <laughs> i am a pessimist i make no apologies but i appreciate it alex thank you
1: thanks robin and i uh, i appreciate your editing
0: Oh please! <laughs> thank I you. I do, Alex. but yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, um, and
1: uh, and to all, happy holidays.
0: Yeah, thank you uh, to you for obviously writing the story and for chatting with uh, the uh, chatting with me about OT security today. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Tech Target Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time.